that badge of honor to say that we finished something is going to be really big. So if you can build that or work with someone to build that into your programs, it's a home run. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here on Doc Working, the whole physician podcast. I'm Jill Farmer, lead coach at Doc Working. And today we're going to talk about how you as a physician might be able to get better at teaching people what they need to know that you know. And we're really excited today to have Sarah Tugender as our guest. She grew up around hospitals and healthcare providers. Her dad was a physician and she went down a slightly different track into marketing and advertising. But now for 15 years, she has merged those two parts of her life and helped healthcare providers increase their income and impact by using her passion for health and her drive to leverage time to teach others how to do the same. So Sarah, thank you so much for being with us here today, joining us from Boston. So what does that mean? Like, what exactly is it that you are passionate about helping physicians do? Yeah, thank you. And Everything I do is through the lens of my dad, my dad, who, you know, I grew up with him. I was born actually the week he took his first exam in medical school. He went up to the board right before he sat down for that exam and wrote Sarah born October 16, seven pounds, three ounces. Like he was so proud. I remember the medical school textbooks as I was in the first grade. I mean, they were giants. Like I would try to pick them up and walk him around our apartment and then how proud he was when he worked in the hometown where he grew up in a bedroom community, Melrose, Massachusetts. But I also saw the flip side of how hard he worked and how many sacrifices he made. So everything that I do for physicians is with the understanding, if we're going to do something and spend time on it, we're taking away from something else. We're taking away from other passions. You know, that was his boat and his fishing that he loved, you know, those weekends that he had to go to a course or he had to do something at the office and the boat was unused or my volleyball game and being late for that. And what that felt like when he couldn't show up for his kids, I'm one of six kids. So he's had a really busy home life as well. And so if you're going to do something and take the time to do it, don't you want your patients and clients to be able to actually take action and make it worthwhile? And that's where the passion lies because I'm seeing that this online learning and just learning in general is you know, the next wave of us getting education out there. And as physicians, you're going to have to step into it. So you have to learn how. <laughs> so that's where I come in. So give us some specific examples, if you would, of the kind of thing that a physician can do to use online learning specifically to benefit patients and frankly, to generate more income for a practice. I love specifics because you know, this will really spark some ideas for your kind of practice. And so primary care, functional medicine doctor, who was at a pretty high price point, he ran a concierge type practice and sold it out. He actually had a four month waiting list. And this caused two really big problems. One is that there was a waiting list for people who couldn't see him and the accessibility was tough. And the other thing was affordability. Not everyone could afford to actually go to that type of model. So we together worked on writing the curriculum for a membership model where he would come once a month and be able to answer questions, but also trained a few health coaches in his methodology. So they would run workshops that were implementing 
the things that he was preaching. I mean, that was really great because he got that impact and also some additional income. So that's just one example. It doesn't have to be a membership. It could also be, you know, someone who's in women's health and they're saying, you know what, I really want to put together a, a mom nutrition program. It's going to be a 90 days, you know, really around moms because they're the ones who do the grocery shopping and the cooking. And that's what I want to do. And so why don't we put this together? Because my annual visits are just not enough in my women's healthcare practice. And I need that additional support, additional help. And that's a really great way to scale an offer and leverage your time. I have a lot of surgeon clients, but one recently who was saying, I really want to put together some kind of video or program post-surgically for my clients because they sort of feel like, okay, yeah, I'm better, you know, after six weeks surgery, but I have X, Y, Z things that are coming up and they're really standard, but sometimes just giving people a pamphlet isn't enough for them to get that post-surgical care. And that particular surgeon realized that there was a need, but then as she was trying to figure out how to do this, that was pretty overwhelming and outside her skill set up to this point. Do you find that often yeah. with physician clients? No, weren't we overwhelmed the first time we said, we have to do a Zoom? What do you mean? I mean, I think back on my first times meeting people on camera and trying to do that. So it's technology can be a little bit overwhelming for people. I mean, good for her. She had a pamphlet, sometimes even that creation of a pamphlet. And then you go out and because you're overwhelmed, you just tend to hire the first person that says they'll help you. And Jill, have you not found you're like, you paid what for what? Like, how did you get charged that amount of money for something that, you know, we could have sourced this from the community. We could have made this more affordable and put our resources somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, it is overwhelming, but it's also so necessary. And actually, there isn't much research that backs this up. I know my audience here is my physicians that are going to say, Sarah, where's the research? Because we all know that there are those visual learners, those audio learners, those kinesthetic learners. But in actuality, the research doesn't show that we can break it down like that, where Jill, you and I, there might be some situations where we might learn better in an audio format. In other situations, we might learn better by doing. So it's not so much across the board. There's a lot more crossover, but we should have something in a pamphlet and in an audio and in a video series, because it might be helpful. Gosh, I'm nervous at the doctor. I can't sit on that paper and not get it all crunkled up. My dad always said, what goes on before I come into the room? Because it seems like, you know, you're, you're waiting and you're nervous and your palms are sweating. And then you want me to remember the most important thing you're about to tell me about my surgical care. You know, I don't want to ask if I can record it, but I'm not going to remember. So if you gave me something that was beyond just a pamphlet, that would be a really great teaching point. And you know what I'm going to say? That's actually one above and beyond. And that's going to translate into what I call that wow factor, which is you know, testimonials, reviews. You know, you're going to get people that actually have better patient outcomes too, which are better metrics that you can go ahead and tell people about what your surgical experience is like. Because we're still in a very competitive world. It's not just so much oh, okay, I have this insurance, so I'm just going to go to the first doctor listed in the directory. Yeah, so you've given us some really interesting ideas about benefits of thinking through why it could be meaningful to do some type of educational program or format. Number one, as you talked about with your concierge doctor, it's another income or revenue stream that can come in. Number two, 
improving patient outcomes just by giving them varied forms of information that can reinforce things once they leave the office, where it can be hard to take in a lot of information and hold on to it in a way that reflects people's different learning styles and that they can look at, you know, repetitively, which can be, you know, extremely meaningful and as a way to deepen patient and physician relationships so that when they come in, they meet the person, they see the name, but then as they're following up and hearing more information from that physician, they're like, oh, this is somebody that really cares about me taking in and integrating this information. So that all makes a ton of sense. And I can see how it might work for somebody to invest as a physician in hiring somebody like you to come in and help, you know, set up what a learning program looks like if they're, you know, in that concierge model. But what about somebody that's in practice and is, you know, more on the insurance model? Does something like that fit into their practice as well? Absolutely. It does, Jill, because there are so many appointments that happen in series. Again, I am very women's health oriented. I don't know if it's because I have three kids myself that are all young under the age of eight. So I've spent a lot of time in my obstetrics office and working there, but it could also be that my dad was you know, someone who delivered babies and was head of his department of obstetrics and gynecology for over 25 years. But I think about that women's health journey, which is often you know, just a global visit. It's really set up so beautifully the way that they have it in trimesters. So you know, your first trimester patients need to have different information than your third trimester patients. And there is this really beautiful arc of a journey that you can have. Yet it is also very individualized, right? Because now we need to subset, maybe there's one patient who's older, or one patient who has higher risk with gestational diabetes, you know, there's different things. So you need the messaging very consistent yet you also need to individualize the care at the same time. But Jill, you mentioned some really great benefits to you know, having these testimonials and evaluations and then better patient outcomes. But the third thing that I also wanna say is a benefit to having someone come in and help with your educational design, like in you know, a global-based care, like let's just say obstetrics, it could be surgery, it could be in weight loss, maybe bariatric care, when you have a program, this is also going to save you time. Gosh, the one thing that is so coveted that we can't get back. It's going to help get less questions into triage. It's going to help where you have resources because you're saying the same thing over and over again about someone's care. And maybe you want to just direct them to a video module, which is going to help free up your time, maybe time in the office, time on the phone, time from your staff. Who wouldn't want that? And so you can also put this into an insurance model, I think, really nicely. So a lot of physicians have vast amounts of information, specifically in their brains, specifically about their areas of discipline. They also tend to have really high skills. And sometimes physicians will be the first to tell us it can be hard to translate what they know in a way that is digestible to the patient and helps them understand the information that the patient needs to know in order to optimize their health outcomes. So do you notice that in your work and how do you help physicians move through that obstacle? Until I laugh because I, again, I think of my dad and I'm always like, dad, I don't need to know the backstory, right? Like there's times when I call him and I'm like, do you think I should just, you know, get a Z-pack because I'm just feeling like I'm not feeling well. And he will give me the history of all of the different types of medications and why they exist. And not like, this was just a yes or no answer. If I, you know, need to go and step into an urgent care today, dad, 
Yes, absolutely. When we're so close to it, we want to go through the whole thought process with the patient, the clients, your family member, whoever you're trying to explain as to what the process is like. But again, when you think about from a learning objective, who are you talking to first? And I'm just going to go back to that example of the pregnant woman, because someone in their first trimester is in a different part of the journey than someone in their third trimester. Such a great example, because you know, it's a very clear journey that most of us can understand and visualize. But this might be very true to someone who has had their first surgery versus someone that's having a repair surgery or going back in for a second surgery. They're in a different place of their journey as well. So, you know, we have to think of who we're talking to, because if you're boring people with the information, they're going to stop being engaged and then they're going to miss the really important information. And when we can have upfront what we're promising people and what we're about to deliver for them for information, and we can make it so they're like, well, what is in it for me? And what skill am I going to get? Is it, I'm going to learn a fact here? Is it that I'm going to have a skill or I'm going to be able to analyze myself to know, using that example again, whether the next time my dad's like, I'm going to explain this to you. So then you'll never have to ask me if you'll need a pack again. Now, maybe I'm interested in the history of medication that he's about to tell me because it will help me with an analytical skill versus just, I'm going to tell you the facts of something. Let me use a weight loss example. I want to teach you about macronutrients. Jill, I'm not going to make myself lunch today and think about the macronutrients on my plate. That's not how I'm going to build it. But, you know, are we learning that fact or are we learning a skill set that we can apply later? Yeah, excellently said. And I think that's been my experience too in helping to coach physicians in situations where they really have just a very values-driven desire to get better information into the hands of patients for a variety of different reasons. But sometimes it's just that natural tendency. We tend to think that other people listen and learn the same way that we do. And that is really often not the case between physician and patient. And so to really have somebody from the outside who can consult and say, okay, this is what we know really lands with patients. We know how to engage patients so that the information that's really valuable for you to get to them is going to be taken in in a meaningful way. And as you said, I love the time-saving thing. That's one of my big passions is helping people to not feel like they're so short on time all the time. I think that's really important to understand that we're just not in a healthcare model where physicians or even nurse practitioners or PAs or nurses in practices can answer the same dang questions over and over and over again to people individually and still deliver the healthcare that's needed the way that the system works. That's a recipe for burnout, Jill. That's where burnout is. So thank you for combating that every day. Absolutely. Well, anything else that you feel like our physician audience really needs to understand about delivering education programs to their patients that would be helpful and potentially inspire them to use this next year as the time to get this in place and get it rolling? Yeah. I mean, the one other thing I do have to say in the horizon, what I keep hearing and looking at. So if you can think about ways to gamify anything. People have said that our attention spans are less than even that of a goldfish. And I am going to disagree and say, I don't think so because listen, I've seen people binge watch multiple seasons of shows all in one sitting. So you tell me that people's attention spans aren't very long yet at the same time, you tell me these same people can sit down and watch television for hours and hours. Just let's make better content. Like let's do that. 
And one of the big things that people are talking about also is that gamification, seeing the check marks like we do on Netflix to say mm-hmm. we've completed something, that hook mm-hmm. at the end, what's going to be next, that badge of honor to say that we finished something is going to be really big. So if you can build that or work with someone to build that into your programs, it's a home run. So for those who say, okay, I don't really understand what gamification is in its simplest form. It's when we're delivering digitally content and information, it's a way that I, as the user of that content or information, or I, as the the patient in this case, gets to participate by saying, you know, you can have multiple choice answers and show which ones we got right or wrong based on the information. Or there's a way that you sort of turn it into a game that helps us to feel more engaged and connected. Is that a fair description? And so it doesn't have to just be digital, right? So like, let's even think about, you know, in rehabilitation, you have to do your exercises. That's not really a digital thing. You have to do your exercises to rehab. I think about my kids, they walk into the classroom and they have to put their coats on the coat hook. They have to you know, have a certain routine that they have. And they also have sticker charts. Like this is an adult sticker chart. That's really all that it is for some kind of reward at the end. Yeah. It's just a way to increase that sense of motivation and drive to really engage with the information. Sarah Tugender, this has been inspiring. I think there is a heartfelt desire on many physicians' parts to be able to get more meaningful information that is engaging and motivating to patients and to know that they don't have to do it on their own or start from scratch or carry it solely on their shoulders of the burdens to reinvent the wheel to figure out ways to do that because people like you are out there making it much easier and meaningful for them to do this for their patients. So. For folks who say, I want to get some more information, I'm curious about this, how can they get a hold of you and learn more? Oh, please. Yeah. My website, saratogender.com. I'm Sarah Tegender on all social media, but I want to give your listeners, I have saratogender.com forward slash free gift. And it's the seven things you should have in any health program that you're putting together. And it gives you a checklist and a place to fill it in. So you can even workshop this with your teams if you want to on all the things you need in your health program. Oh, that's so excellent. Thank you for inspiring us to think about ways that we can deliver health programs and to just understand more about sort of what's happening in this world right now in ways that can help in exciting ways to serve patients. And again, improve outcomes and save physician times, all very worthy benefits of thinking in these terms. It's been delightful to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We love having so many physicians every week listen to Doc Working the Whole Physician podcast. Tell your friends, hop on to wherever you listen to us, give us those five-star ratings. And until next time, we'll see you on Doc Working the Whole Physician podcast. As a physician, your schedule is packed. There is too much to do and not enough time to do it all. That's why you need proven time management tools and ideas that can help you get control of your time, help you get more done in less time, and help you make time for the things that really matter to you in your life. And you need proven time management skills that have worked for doctors just like you. Plus, you need to learn about these great time ideas on your own schedule, on your own time, when it works for you, from the comfort of your own home. I'm Amanda Taran, producer of Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast. Thank you for being here. 
Please check us out at docworking.com and please don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you for listening.